0: national divorce is an understandable impulse but our knowledge of better ways to live should give us hope we can win without separating okay give me an example nathaniel a national divorce is impractical and a prospect of a civil war which is what happened last time it was tried is horrible you see how they always just go straight to war And I like Nathaniel Blake. I read him almost all the time at the Federalist. But he's of the mindset that if you try to tinker with our little union here, then war is going to be the result. Says who? War is a choice. It's certainly not written in the Constitution. Show it to me. Where does it say? Acts of war include states going out on their own and leaving the union. Show it to me. Where is it? Show me where it's even implied. It's not even implied. So where is it? So why do they almost, because they don't want to do it. Again, how do you scare people out of doing something? Threaten them with their life. Your son's gonna go off and die in another civil war if you succeed. Well, it doesn't have to be a civil war. Can't we have a gentleman's agreement? Can't we sit down at the table and go like, okay, you get this from the Navy base and we get this. So reasonable people should be able to do these things. Hey, but we're not reasonable, you see. We don't have any practice at this actual legislating thing. Marjorie Taylor Green, the Georgia Congresswoman, is a terrible messenger for the idea. Thus, it is no surprise that her tweet about the need for national divorce brought a cavalcade of criticism upon her, including from fellow Republicans. Yet, for all the problems with the proposal, to say nothing to the often stupid responses, there are good reasons... Why the idea is alluring to some on the right? You know, Nathaniel, I have news for you. You know who the biggest promoters, some of the biggest promoters of secession today are? They're not on the right. They're the nutbags that live in Vermont. Go to Vermont and go look and go learn about the Vermont Free State Project. Vermont wants out of the union because they want their own little national health care system. They want their own national little welfare system. They want their own na- little national murder, the old people system. They want their own little national murder, the soon-to-be-born system. I say we should give it to them. Let Bernie Sanders be president Sanders of the people's poop hole of Vermont. Let them go. Tell them tomorrow. Hey, Why don't you go first and show us how to do it? It's libtards that want out. By the by, there are places in California, Los Angeles, one of them, San Diego, another, San Francisco, another one, that don't want to be in league with the rest of California anymore. But they need their money, and they need the resources, and they need the food. So they force the other people to stay in. It's not just a right-wing thing. L- Libtards dream. They fantasize about single-payer states. They fantasize about giving Gretchen Dimwitmer the kind of tyrannical power no king ever had. Oh, but a tyrant dictator, or 16 might have. This is where I get off the, uh, the beaten path with these with these guys. You're not thinking this thing through. There is a very good case for rethinking the American Union for no other reason for regional trade, for heaven's sake. The first of these truths is simple. He says acknowledging these points is not an endorsement of a national breakup and ignoring them will not make them go away. The moral and cultural divisions in our nation are probably as deep as those preceding the Civil War. No, Nathaniel, no, that's where you're wrong. They are deeper. And they are very, very, very defined, well-defined. There are those who value and are willing to fight for and die for the preservation of all human life that begins at conception and ends at natural death. And there are those lunatics out there that are thrown in with Moloch, Baphomet, Bagul, and the boys who want the opposite and they're willing to make it legal, and they're willing to do the killing themselves or hire the killers. I don't want to be in union with them, Nathaniel. Why do you? Yeah, but we have to have a time, we can convert. No, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. no, uh-uh. I do not have to have suicide packs with people that want to kill me. I do not need to remain in legal harmony with people that want to kill my daughters or sons' soon-to-be-born children. No, uh-uh, wrong answer. And I don't need a government to tell me that. I have it on really good authority. It's called from God. God has told me this, thou shalt not commit murder. You shall honor your father and your mother. You're killing your father, Larry. If we stood for this God, the way the Israelites did sometimes, this problem already would have taken care of itself. As a matter of fact, it would have taken care of itself in 1861. Remember, people in power play for power. So who would agitate or shooting war if Louisiana decided, or Florida or Texas or Georgia decided, we're done, we don't want in your little union anymore. Who would instigate the war? The people that are lusting for your children's death They would be the ones That would instigate a war I wonder what it would look like To the rest of the world I wonder how, and, and their propaganda machine Would tell the rest of the world That we're the bad guys Just like Russia is They would make us out to be The new I'm not saying Russians But Russians Look at this as like an abusive situation here, an abusive marriage. Would you expect a woman who is being da- beaten daily by her husband to stay with her husband? Like she's legally required to stay with him? No, that's not the case. Our government abuses us. Why do we have to stay with them? That's right. Right, Hank? Let's play a song for just a moment here, shall we?
1: If the South would have won, we'd have had it made. I'd probably run for president of the southern states. The day of us passed away would be our national holiday. If the South would have won, we'd have had it made. S-S-A! I'd make my Supreme Court down in Texas. And we wouldn't have no killers getting all free. If they were proven guilty, then they would swing quickly. Instead of writing books and smiling on TV. in Louisiana And I'd put that capital back in Alabama We'd put Florida on the right track Cause we'd take Miami back And throw all them pushers in the slammer So if the South would've won we'd've had it made I'd probably run for president of the summer uh, 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 And a
0: and a chart play You're, you, Are you a Dixie crat? Well, There's a funniest thing happened to me at the last St. Benedict Center conference. Pursue it to this. I will not name the source or the person involved, but I shall tell you that a certain attendee, at the last St. Benedict Center conference, identified himself to me as a former Dixiecrat, and he said, Mike, you know what? You remind me of a Dixiecrat." I went, "That's because I am a Dixiecrat." <laughs> without the Jim Crow stuff, and uh, I can't remember how it came up, but I said uh, I never got to meet him. I got close, uh, but I was a follower of South Carolina's great senator Strom Thurmond. <laughs> the first thing people are going to say when you say Dixiecrat Strom Thurmond, he was against he was against busing, he was against aggregation. He was against the Civil Rights Act of uh, Constitutional scholars still today are against the Civil Rights Act of 1966. See, who killed the Constitution by Woods and Gutzman, if you want an example? If you want a scholarly treatment of that, you can just look up Kevin Gutsmann, Civil Rights Act and just start reading. Ask yourself the question. And, and this is... I'm not... This is a colorblind question. Let's play let's be colorblind for just a moment. Let's just talk about human beings. Has the civil rights struggle act and what has happened afterwards been a net positive or negative for the people it was supposed to help? And I'm specifically referring to those that live in major metropolitan U.S. cities. Your time starts now, Roger. Best of luck. The Jeopardy question is. All right, you know the answer to, 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 uh, the answer is no. So does that make the Civil Rights Act a failure? Well, I don't know that it makes the Civil Rights Act itself a failure, but it certainly makes what was done in the name of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act a failure. I don't believe that this is undeniable. there, 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 there is simply no case, no way to to deny this. Not statistically, not with our own eyeballs, not morally, not with results that you would see, as they say, on the ground and what have you. Uh, The black family has suffered more than non-black families. The black family has been completely and totally decimated and nearly just completely destroyed. Two-thirds of all children that are born in the United States that are born to black mothers are born out of wedlock. That's a fact. You know what? Last time I looked at the number, it was actually 71%. That is a disaster. That is a human disaster. Why would you? If you would. Abortions the percentage of children that are murdered in their mother's womb, as a percentage of the population, what is the number, which race has more of its youths killed in utero than any other? Blacks. It's not even close. It's not even close. That's a civil right now, murdering the soon to be of the next generation? Separating the father from the family? Telling them that the father is not needed? You no, know, they used to say that the reason we had states, and the reason Ronald Reagan used to say this, that the states were laboratories of democracy, is what it, the, what it used to be said. A laboratory of democracy. Uh, it might have been, and if you want to restore that, then you're going to have to take the central out of it. By the way, what kind of a stupid elite group of idiots? puts its central capital on a coast that's ocean locked and that can be up to 2,800 miles away from one of its creature cities that's just stupid could you at least go there uh, maybe we can move the capital to Kansas and put it in the middle somewhere I mean, even that would be an improvement. God, uh, that's a racist will Why is it it's racist to move it off the coast? Think of all the windmills they could put up there. And then Nathaniel Blake continues, furthermore, because the left styles these campaigns as the moral equivalents of and successors to the civil rights movement, they believe themselves justified in using the expansive government power to break Jim Crow against, say, Christians who do not want to participate in promoting and celebrating same-sex wedding ceremonies. Additionally, the left uh, favors bigger government, which, I, you know what, I don't know about that any longer. I really don't. I think it's the right that favors big government because the left is figured out it doesn't need big government anymore because it has big tech, big business, big Amazon, big press to do its bidding for It, it doesn't need government any longer. It's the right wing that need, that thinks it needs government. It's the right wing. Remember, it used to be you were a, a shill for corporate America if you were a Republican. That's just not true any longer. There are more little guys out here that are on the, quote, right that question the Amazons of the world's exi- very existence. So I don't believe that that's, a, but, 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 but that's true. Because you see now in big, insert name here, or in a certain field of of, of, of Fleece here, theft here, usury here, you see now who the enemy is. Well, Libertard left is completely, look, they've got them. locked, stock, and two, two, two unsmoking. <laughs> is a big government more powerful than, I mean, big tech more powerful than big government? They got somebody elected, did they not? Sure did. Sure did, Maggie. That's exactly right. Uh, what do you say about all those people that uh, is, is on the welfare? And uh, you're going to, have to turn them out there. What, what you going to do? Well, like I said before, that's a question that you actually have to ask. What are you going to tell grandma? What are you going to tell grandpa? What are you going to tell 63-year-olds who are getting Social Security checks who have retired? What are you going to tell them? And look, I'm not picking on them by any means. Please don't misunderstand. I'm just saying that's a question you have to answer. You have to answer that question. It's a legitimate question because people have are doing this. And they have been told that this is completely fine. They lived their entire life. They worked however many years they worked towards that. You can't just go, whoop, oh, I'm pulling a rug out. Now, they could volunteer to fall on the sword and go like, you know what? I'm willing to give that up for the sake of my grandchildren. That's one way out of that. And I can still work if I need to. So yeah, if I gotta go back to work, okay, I can give up the retirement social security cake. These are serious, serious questions. I believe we should be asking them. So matter of fact, I think it's prudent to ask these questions. Because, by the by, all of you that are out there that are receiving the Social Security and the Medicare, and maybe it's your mother and your father. And, again, I'm not picking on your mom and dad. I'm not picking on people. I'm not saying they're bad people. So please do not call me, text me, or send me hate mail or signal group messages because that's not the purpose. What I am saying to you, though, is, ma'am, sir, they're $230 trillion upside down. Both uh, Combine the two. trillion in unfunded liability. Social Security is a $70 trillion boondoggle right now, today. With with, with who is projected to take it in the next 30 years, $70 trillion must be raised. Where are you going to get that from? Yeah, where are you going to get it? Well, I can give you a hint. You're not. It doesn't exist. Not going to. You can't make it. You can't bring it into existence. If we stop right now and say, okay, all right, everybody that's getting it, fine. You get it. If you paid in and you ain't on it yet, you ain't getting it. You're, you want to leave the union, fine. These, are you know how I changed the conversation from war and from a conflict to why don't we talk about the constructive things and the beneficial prudent things that we would actually have to do to bring it about, It do not require wars, it requires charity. I think at the end of the day, and yeah, statesmen. Where are you going to get those from? I don't know any. Do you? I, I mean, there, there may be. There are some statesmen. But then he, he just gets. Uh, he says, well, I, "I'm going to fast forward because there's other stuff that I want to do." Uh, this does not mean a multitude of such issues is being piled on top of older, bitter disputes, such as whether abortion is a human right or an inhumane wrong. Now, again, I just have to push back on that. There's no debate on it. I do not debate anyone on the merits of infanticide. It is not a debate. You, the, the, the Debate implies that there are two co-equal answers, and you get to pick which one. Now, there are two answers— so is their sin and so is and, and vice and so is their grace and virtue oh it is true you get to choose you have a free will that does not elevate error to the level of certitude and truth what's the truth thou shalt not commit murder okay good enough for me God. <laughs> It'd be better for one of these little. It'd be better for he who would scandalize one of these little ones that they would be thrown into the sea with a with a millstone around their neck. I think it's a pretty good admonition that children's that the little ones' souls, are precious to the guy to the creator of those souls. I I I I, I don't. <laughs> There's no equivocation there. He, he didn't say you know a you know, if, if for this offense against the little one, just a small millstone. He <laughs> doesn't tell you what size millstone. You ever seen a millstone? Yeah, they weigh a couple tons. Towns had millstones. Now, a family might have had a small one, but if you wanted a big, it's called a threshing floor. If you wanted a big, uh, well, the threshing floor is where you would thresh the wheat. then you throw it on the millstone and then you Run the wood over it and you, With the ox or whatever And you'd grind it I have a pretty good authority Again, why are we debating these things? I don't debate these people And if they want to debate And, and, and then I make usual arguments from, uh, from the five proofs of God's existence And they go like, well, he said it Good enough for me And if they, and if they persist in it Well, then they got a bogey on their shoulder I, I'm under no Obligation to continue that conversation. And then Nathaniel Blake says, it is, impo- and it is impossible to formulate compromises or live and let live policies for them all. One side wins and the other side loses. Are these issues proliferate? Living under the regime of the other side will seem increasingly intolerable at, or as these issues proliferate. This does not mean we are headed for national divorce, but it is all too easy to envision a lawless sort of federalism in which the uniform rule of law is replaced by competing jurisdictions engaged in de facto nullification along with a dose of anarcho-tyranny. Nullification is once again being preached from the floor of the Senate, and there are plenty of recent examples. He's talking about Josh Hawley. Hawley is the one that's going like, if you try and force Missouri to do this, we're just going to ignore you. We're going to nullify that in our legislature. We're not going to do it. But conservatives should not quit the work of preserving and restoring our nation, the the empire of. Now, look, if our nation has to include California, those murdering, thieving, barbaric savages in it, I don't want to live in a nation. I want to live in my little fiefdom. I'd be happy to be serving the baron who is the landowner. What if our nation includes new Tenochtitlan in Vermont that I was talking about earlier, and Connecticut, and all these other... Maybe, maybe. You go travel to a foreign country that maybe is pro-life to go, yeah, well, you live in yeah, yeah, your country. Well, no, no, dude, not my... Uh, 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 not my country. Not mine. But then again, you'd mitigate the need for travel. You If, if you just did the one simple thing of restoring currency, of restoring sound money, most of what we're talking about right now would vanish. It would vanish. It would go away. (laughs) Thanos snapped out of existence. Which is why sound money ain't coming back anytime soon. And he concludes... Culturally, the time may also be right for a conservative renewal because cultural leftism is ineffective and immiserating. You know, and then you know, it is understandable that conservatives want to get away from those who are attacking our way of life, but our knowledge of better ways to live uh, should give us hope that we can win. Remember, I was three years ago, four years ago, Patrick Deneen. The esteemed professor out of Notre Dame came out with a book, Why Liberalism Failed. He didn't say why it was going to fail, why liberalism failed. How do you get these democracies that we're always telling me we have to cherish our democracy? This is a defense against our democracy. How did we get these? We got it through this thing called liberalism. Uh, what came first, liberalism or modernity? Liberalism gave you modernity. Uh, there's a, there, there are essays galore. I suggest start at NewPolity.com. Start there.